Hello everyone and welcome to episode 18 of the Sophos Naked Security Podcast. I'm Anna Brading and I'm here with Sophos experts Paul Ducklin. Hello everybody. And Matt Boddy. Hello folks. I tried to steal Ducks folks as well. That's so unnatural for me to say that. You're trying to suppress this world thing. Yeah. I think you're going to have to live with it for a while. Mark's not here because unfortunately he has had a bereavement. One of his chickens died. Hens equal hens minus one. But if you want to follow the remaining, however many, it's at Internet of Hens on Twitter. RIP hen number five. Coming up on today's show, we talk about Facebook and Google's Snoopy apps. Someone gets his Nest camera and thermostat hacked and we reveal which is better, Android or iPhone. What have you been up to this week, guys? Well, I have bought a new Android phone. Yeah. So so after a weekend of discussing which is better... I then decided that I'd go out and buy the best, and I bought a new iPhone. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> folks, that was an honest blunder. He's res- regretting it even as we speak. Uh, you wish. You can get them if you want. You can. They are available to buy. You know what? <laughs> I got a new Android on a contract. And it's got three cameras on the back. If you one take it front. back tonight, you'll probably yeah, they'll probably let you swap period. it. And Dark, what did you get up to? Oh yeah. <laughs> I did. I, I was very non-technical this weekend. I just went to get some new tyres for my bicycle, and I discovered that the Oxford bus companies consider a bicycle without wheels, and the word bicycle is combined Latin and Greek meaning two wheels, quite literally. I went with just with the frame to take it to the bike shop to put the wheels on in the bike shop and ride it home, and they said, you can't come in here with that. So as far as Oxford City Council and the bus companies are concerned, a bicycle frame is a complete bicycle. It was very difficult to ride without the wheels. Yeah, how did, was it, it must have taken you a while. Modern bicycle frames aren't that heavy. <laughs> no, they're not. Actually. And I was muttering most of the way to myself about how much I didn't like the bus company, which, <laughs> which actually filled in the journey yeah. quite nicely. <laughs> By the time I got there, I was over it. Walking with a sense of purpose. Yes. Um, right, back to cybersecurity chat. We um, had a big story on Naked Security this week about a man who had his smart home accessed by an intruder. Um, Arjun Sud said uh, that the e-intruder, as we were calling him, jacked up the temperature on his thermostat and, more worryingly, was talking to Sud's seven-month-old baby through the monitor. Doug, what happened? As far as we can see, uh, Mr Sud hasn't been very forthcoming about how the hack actually happened. Sounds like he used the same password on lots of sites and it got breached somewhere. So the cook obviously found this out and did what's called credential stuffing. He has a video of this guy talking to him. So it looks like that's how the guy got in. And of course, he's into the whole Nest network. This guy's absolutely in love with the idea of a smart home. He went on NBC News in the US and he was saying, it's very important for us to make sure that our home has layers of security. Unfortunately, he didn't go for layers of security when it came to login. And I think maybe he thought he would get a sympathetic audience on naked security. And I think everyone was sorry for him. They were sad that somebody had done this because it's a pretty poor quality joke to play on someone, wake up their kid and say crazy things to them. But he perhaps didn't get the sympathy that he would have expected. Caleb, for example, on naked security said, I just don't understand how you can own $4,000 worth of security equipment and not know what 2FA is or how to enable it. He wants his money back from Google. Google isn't giving it. Obviously, they're saying, well, there wasn't a breach in our system. There was a breach in your system. And uh, 
that's kind of where it is. So don't reuse passwords, folks. Get a password manager. And if you, particularly for a home security system, if it supports two-factor authentication, which makes things harder for the crooks, go and turn it on. Don't wait for the vendor to tell you. Go and find out if it's available. Fairly easy to find out on Nest. Just go to their website, type in secure my camera or whatever, and they'll give you advice on how to do it. Don't leave it because it does make it much harder for the crooks. And then what happened to this chap won't happen to you. I do feel exceptionally sorry for him, though. If he bought the cameras like... Um like he said, seven years ago, he would have set his password up. Well, he bought his first one and then he bought more and more and more. And yeah. I, I get his point. He said that in the time of being a loyal customer, they've sent me loads of marketing emails. They never told me 2FA was available. But he would have set up his password seven years ago and he would have logged into it seven years ago. Matt perhaps has got two new phones in that period or one new phone in that period. But during that time, he would have logged back into Nest two times or three times, depending on how many times he's upgraded his phone. I'm not saying the buck stops with him, but it certainly doesn't stop only with Google in this case. But he's thinking about layers of security for his home, isn't he? I presume rather than cybersecurity. Yeah, but if he's going to use cyber-enabled stuff, Internet of Things stuff, I think it's fair to say that he's a technophile. He's able to connect all these devices up. My recommendation is if you're going to internetify your home, if you're going to have everything connected, if you want to be able to log in remotely then you do need to keep yourself up to speed with the state of the art in protecting your own network. He didn't do the very, very basics, it seems, which is different passwords, password manager, 2FA. Pretty easy to do that. Go out and do it today. But I think, so 2FA came out, what was it, March of last year? March of 2018 for Nest? I think it was March of 2018. Perhaps we can, I don't know, look that up afterwards and leave it in the comments. But because it came out, only relatively recently, within a year ago, and he set his account up seven years ago. 2017, March 2017. March 2017, sorry. So a year, well, just over, well, a year and a half, a year and three quarters ago. I hear you. Yeah. Really, if you've got, if you've spent that much money, you've got 16 cameras in your house and, you, and you've got one in your kid's bedroom, maybe you can take a bit more interest in cybersecurity because yeah. you're using internet-enabled equipment the blame, let's be clear, the blame lies with the crook who broke in yeah. and caused this mayhem. And it's not funny to do that, folks. If you think you've found someone on Showdown, you can see they've got a rubbish password and you know you could log in if you wanted to. You are breaking the law if you do and you're not doing anybody a favour. And you're certainly not doing them a favour if you scare the wits out of them like what obviously... By speaking happens. to their child. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's dodgy. Um, but do, do, we, do we know how... Did, did Ness even make... Did Google make any effort to tell anyone about 2FA because I understand what you're saying but I just think that people don't you know you spend thousands of pounds on a Mac thousands of pounds on a, on a phone people don't think about it in that you know people don't think to secure they don't although if you've got devices that are on purpose accessible from the internet because that's what you want it's home security you want to be able to connect remotely and turn your home thermostat up or whatever then other people can find you and there are automatic search engines like Census and Showdown, which will go out and find your stuff and let the world know that you've got your security wrong. Whether Google tells you or not, be proactive. I, I think that a lot of the security industry will agree with you. A lot of the people that listen to this podcast will agree with exactly what you're saying because we're all surrounded by this stuff all the, de- all the time, every day. And we read stories all the time about how people have been breached and how these 
uh, this these passwords have been released in the latest data breach from XYZ in insert name of company here. But I think for the general person that doesn't work in the IT security industry, they 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 don't see it on a daily basis, and yeah. they. Don't. I think they. I I'm not sure I agree with that because you look at the NBC story where he's quoted about oh this terrible thing happened. They're talking about two step verification or two factor authentication in that news program. We've seen it mentioned in mainstream media over and over and over again. It will be pretty hard to live in the developed world, have a mobile phone, have a laptop, have internet enabled stuff in your house and never have heard of two-factor authentication. So I feel sorry for this guy here. My opinion, I don't think Google owes him the $4,000 back. That's my personal opinion. I think that if he really is as much of a technophile as he claims, and he's got all these cameras, and he wants these, this layered security in his house, then maybe he could have done a bit more work to figure out how he's going to keep the bad guys out. Unfortunately, he took a big scare. I bet you he's got two-factor authentication turned on now. I think I think what's really interesting about this is not necessarily that uh, this is another case of where two-factor authentication would save somebody, but also that this is a problem that all of us are facing in the security industry at the moment, the IT security industry, trying to get the message across to the users that you look after how important it is to turn two-factor authentication on to protect the, the crown jewels of the organization that may be kept on your laptop, on your uh, Office 365 account on whatever account mm. it happens to be. It, I, I think it really shows how how unaware lots of people are to these small steps and the basic steps, like you said, that people can take. Uh, on to our next subject. Facebook and Google got themselves into hot water last week over their respective Snoopy apps. There was Facebook Research yes. and Google ScreenWise Meter. Um, and they both installed a root certificate after people say people agreed to it. The the thing in this case is both the apps, as far as I know, they were they were not in the regular app store. They were produced under Apple's developer program. You know, the, it wasn't open to absolutely everybody. You had to sign up. If you were under eighteen, you're supposed to get permission from your parents. And Facebook, I think, gave you twenty dollars paid to your parents' PayPal account or your PayPal account if you're an adult. And Google was giving some kind of gift vouchers or um, yeah. you know. I get the idea. It's an app that helps them know how people are using the internet and what they're searching for and how much data and time they spend on places. They're not just making this available to everyone. You have to sign up. They're actually paying you for it. So you're kind of like a sort of contractor. They're not, it's not just all free. Unfortunately, they both fell foul of Apple's developer guidelines, which say if you want to use you know, developer certificates to sign stuff for enterprise use basically has to be a business app and it's for the use of your employees only. And I think Facebook, Apple sort of shouted at them and they backed down. And then my understanding is Google saw what had happened when, oh, we've decided that we're going to withdraw our app. Yeah. And Google said we should not have operated this screen-wise metering program under the development program. So I don't know how they'll do it from now on. Presumably they'll have to both Facebook and Google have to go and reopen the negotiations with Apple on how to do this kind of measurement on iPhones in future. What can you say? It's not particularly, it's snoopy, and they're, but they're being blatantly honest about the fact that they're snooping on people. Are they being honest enough though? I think that meaningful criticism is the same problem you have with everything that happens online where there's the need to 
tick a box that says I am more than X years old. A researcher in the US discovered that it's re that there's a thing about getting you have to give your parents PayPal accounts to get the twenty dollars. But so it's pretty easy. You basically click, put in an email address. If you've got a PayPal account and you're under eighteen, then you could get the money sent to you, and your parents would never know. So there's an issue about parenting and how parents keep track of what their kids are doing anyway. Facebook went quietly in this case. They pulled the app and Google went even more quietly, proactively quietly. But I think you're right. You know, it, it's not like they were, there was a lot of trickery going on. Maybe people don't realise just how much power they're giving away mm. in return for their $20. Because on the flip side, I guess you're giving away a lot of information, but I really like when companies think about the user experience to this extent. I, I know that's that's quite an anti-privacy statement, isn't it? But but if if a company takes the right steps to meet your approval to say, do you want to send this data back to them? It genuinely does help improve their services. If nobody sent malware that had been detected yes, back to Sophos, exactly. yeah. our antivirus engine wouldn't be able to improve very much more. And there are all sorts of things that you know matter to us in our products. For example, how easy is it to turn on features that improve your protection? How clear is it which features do what things and you know what level of security you're at? And in an interesting irony, the room we're recording in right now, the training room we're in, is actually occasionally used by our user experience guys who bring in customers and prospects and people from outside to try new versions of the software and actually watch them doing it. It's the kind of thing that software vendors are always going to want to do. It's just in this case, as Google said, maybe we stretch the meaning of employees a little bit and signing up members of the public by giving them gift certificates or in Facebook's case, $20 to your PayPal account probably isn't enough to make them an employee. Thanks, Doug. Finally, after last week's episode, we asked on Twitter and Instagram what people preferred, iPhone or Android. What won, Matt? Uh, I believe Android <laughs> wins in total user count across the world, right? No. Uh, who won on our polls? Who um, won? More Unfortunately... People... No, no, sorry. Who won? Who won? We more didn't people, have a, enough more people voted base for... to be able to make the numbers significant enough to make the results no, count. No, so the other thing we had, well, the other problem we had is that somebody <laughs> voted several times. Anna, you really need to rigged. not do that. Didn't because they? Who's got, who's got two accounts on uh, Instagram, Matt? Do you have two accounts on No, Instagram? I don't. That's really... Do I decided I not to vote in the poll because I thought that would be unfair. Well, I thought I should leave it to the rest of the world, but you yeah. went and tried. And even with all your best effort, even getting all your buddies to vote, you guys still got crushed. Yeah, Cheats never prosper. Unfortunately. So iPhone won, naturally. But that got people chatting on Twitter about which was more secure. So what is more secure, Matt? What is more secure indeed? Well, that is a question that's a little bit out for debate. And I guess yeah. the, last, the last thing that we spoke about kind of feeds into that. The thing on Android, you could turn off, you could go off market anyway, right? On Android, you can choose to install anything. On iPhone, you can't. Some people think iOS is more secure on that account alone. Users, particularly in a business context, can't wander off and install anything they like. Um, does that really make a difference, given that you, if you're in a business and someone wants to use their own phone, you can then say, sorry, no going off market on Android just as much as you can on iPhone? Well, on on Android, you do have so there have been new controls released by Android to to, to help people stay uh, under control a little bit on their on their mobile devices. This whether is on Android be, nine, 
This is no, not necessarily. This is something called Android Enterprise so, or Android okay. Four Enterprise. I can't remember. No, it was Android Four Work. Now it's Android Enterprise. So this allows you to. So so originally on Android, Samsung Knox came out with all of these APIs that mobile device management vendors could map in with, allowing you to control. Things like whether the device was encrypted, you could say if it's not encrypted, then the device is incompliant and you've you've broken our rules and we'll tell you all about it. It was so there wasn't as much available to every single person that was using an Android phone unless you had a certain brand of phone. It had to be a Samsung or a Motorola, for instance, to get certain access to certain That's quite a huge difference, isn't it, between the Android ecosystem and the iOS. In Android, Google make phones, but they also license Android to loads of other vendors and the vendors do deals with all sorts of different carriers and they all have different rules and different software and different features and different coolnesses and different security stuff. Whereas iPhone has kind of tended to, Apple controls the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And some people feel that it's more secure on those grounds alone, that it's kind of easier to get your head around. So for a business, they could deploy the same controls across every iPhone, whereas for a business, they couldn't send the same controls ever over every Android phone if it was a different make or model. Yeah. So what Android have now released is something called Android Enterprise, where it releases the same APIs for mobile device management or what is now called Enterprise Mobility Management, catch the buzzword. With that new Android Enterprise stuff, you can do things like you can have two separate Google Play accounts, one for work, one for your personal life. You can then have a separate app container on the phone, which looks like a folder where you go into that folder and you've got all of your work apps in there and your work email. But that's not new, right? I mean, Sophos's own software has supported that for quite some time. In Android, what version of Android do you need to be able to use this Android Enterprise? Because I'm just looking at the numbers here amazingly the the most prevalent by version by number is seven followed by six i think followed by five uh, and only then comes eight and android nine android pi doesn't even make it onto Ant- google's own chart because it's usage is fewer than one in a thousand android users i think that's part of the problem with the android ecosystem so they're trying google's trying to corral it back in so that everyone's on a bit of an even keel yeah, they are trying to, and that's why they've released this Android One. So Android One is the, the new flavor of how you can keep everyone up to date. Everyone is on the latest version of Android, and it's not some deviation that, that Samsung or Motorola or some other company has made. Now, yeah. iPhones never had that problem. No, because so it's, it's all made by Android. So iPhone. are you saying that, that Google, by putting in a huge amount of effort, can very, very slowly catch up? Does that mean they're behind? Uh, in a security you know I have an iPhone I just love my Mac my Apple stuff (laughs) but uh, there's there's not very much in it there's not really I think that fragmentation of the ecosystem with Android with Google with all the vendors all the carriers all the handsets everyone knitting their own security stuff does introduce a security whereas you get an iPhone you click on that settings cog and basically you know where you are so what the person asked us on Twitter as well is they said, I wonder how people are able to conclude that iOS is more secure. iOS is relatively secure because it doesn't have enough market share to be most targeted by threat actors. So yes, and there are more Android users out there, probably a lot of Android users with old versions of Android because it's easier to get a cheaper phone with an old version of Android on it. Yeah. Google has got this. I mentioned this that I bought one of these phones a few podcasts ago. They've got this thing called Android Go, not to be confused with Go, the programming language, 
which is basically go easy on the memory. It's for slim down budget phones. And I installed on mine, I bought a Nokia One phone, 60 quid, and I got firmware that had been built, not, not Google's firmware, but had been built by someone who had a completely different phone, but they just built it using the Android Go build system. And I stuck it on my Nokia One, worked fine. And the idea is it's meant to make it easier to have one update to rule them all, which is kind of where Apple's always been. So I guess we should discuss the way that threats can come onto phones, because the way that threats come onto phones is different to how threats come onto your laptop, yeah. whether that's Mac or, or, or Windows or Linux. Because the way a threat would come onto your phone is probably in the form of an app, a malicious app, right? So you, you'd have to get this app on your phone for it to then be able to interact with your operating system. But then you've got to give it permissions to interact with your operating system with, with your files on your system or with the, with the APIs available to it, not necessarily the files. So the APIs available to it would be the access to the camera or access to the microphone, for instance, even if you stick to Google Play or to the App Store, they're not perfect, are they? The, no. the crooks put in a lot of effort into trying to evade the automated checks and balances that both Apple and Google put in. And they maybe aren't going for the same sort of huge bang, encrypt your whole phone, scramble everything, ask for $5,000 attack like they might on a, on a server or a desktop or a laptop. It's more about adware and click fraud and getting people to do things that aren't each individual thing they do doesn't feel like they're letting themselves down too much but in the long run the crooks are making loads of money out of them yeah yeah so matt would you agree that the the bottom line here is that whether if you're if you're trying to secure your business and you're letting people use a phone of their choice they can get them they can get themselves and the company into just as much hot water whether they've got android or ios yeah absolutely both both have potential for having something harmful happen to you i i guess what we've discussed is that android has more secure well insecurities available to it in the way that android is more you can root it easier it's more accepting of being able to be rooted for example uh, and you can quite easily download and install different Play Stores. My new phone came with its own App Store installed on it, as well as the Google Play Store. So you need to look, help your users look out for themselves and for you, regardless of which phone they bring to the party. Yeah. And you'd look cooler with an iPhone. In conclusion. But you'd have less cameras. Well, fewer cameras. Fewer Ooh. cameras. You see, people with iPhones also tend to be you know better at grammar hipsters Hipsters. just cooler just cooler in general well anyway that's about all from us this week Uh, Duck where can we find you on social media at duckblog on twitter Matt at internet of hens oh don't R.I.P. hen hen number five is that definitely the hen number yep I am actually at infosecbody on Instagram and Twitter. And we are, of course, at Naked Security on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can tweet us at Naked Security with suggestions for the podcast, or you can email us at tips at sophos.com. I'm not rapping. <laughs> are you sure? That seems a lot like a rap. Are you sure you're not a rapper? Uh, well, only part-time. Okay. And until next time, stay, stay secure. secure. Stay secure. Stay secure. And stay uh, secure. just to be clear, iPhone 1. Yeah. <laughs>